Ladies and gentlemen, welcome into a special edition of the Splitting Hairs podcast, part of Jack Rabbit Illustrated, brought to you by Drake's Place and Cottonwood Coffee Bistro in Brookings, South Dakota. We have a special interview with us today, Devin Dixon, the voice of Dixie State. They're coming up this Saturday to play a game against the Jack Rabbits here. Devin, thank you so much for joining us. How are you doing today? Man, I'm great. Just uh, ready for Saturday. Looking forward to it. This is my second trip out to uh, Brookings uh, in 2019 with SUU. But uh, first time coming out with the Trailblazers, brand new wax school. Made a jump from D2 to D1. And obviously they're taking their lumps the first three weeks against a really, really tough schedule. And it's not going to get any easier this week. But excited to see how they adjust coming off the bye week. See if that extra week to prepare helps them put a little bit better product on the field. Yeah, you guys had a pretty solid showing against Sacramento State. I know I watched uh, some of that here, but then you took it lost a little bit. Um, played some really tough programs in Weber State and uh, and um, UC Davis. Sorry, I missed slipping my mind on the second there. So Dixie State, you are in your second year of transition. Is that correct? Or is it first? Yeah, July of 2019, but then the pandemic hit and everything got pushed right. back to the spring of, the spring of 21. And so they played the games in the spring. They went two and three, almost beat uh, New Mexico, an FBS school. Had a nice win uh, against Tarleton, then lost to Tarleton. Went out and played um, Kennesaw State, and they were a top-ranked team and, and hung with them. Uh, ended up losing down the stretch in the second half, but had chances to win that game. So, uh, but yeah, this fall schedule. This is their first full season. You know, this feels like the start. Even had the fight in the spring, and you, you mentioned Sacramento State, Weber State, UC Davis. I mean, yeah, Sacramento State, the only team they haven't played that was ranked, and they're a good team still. Um, mm-hmm. You know, South Dakota two and both three. The next week, number four Montana coming up. They've got. You know, Delaware, who ranks 10th right now, and then later in the season, they've got, uh, of course, the defending champs. Uh, you, you know how that game ended up this spring in, in Heartbreak City for South Dakota State. I think it was a five-point win. Quarterback got hurt. You, you know too, too well how that one uh, went down. So, you know, yep. this is a grueling, grueling schedule. Jason actually didn't make the schedule. The athletic director, Dr. Jason Booth, put the schedule together. But Coach Peterson said, hey, we'll play anybody anywhere. If we want to fast-track, mm-hmm. You know, this jump from Division Two to Division One, we've got to play these things. We've got to learn on the fly. You know, we're just we're just not, you know, bringing kids up that are just recruits yet that are now juniors and seniors. Uh, you know, the, they've got some of their recruits going into their season on this roster, but they're all, you know, redshirt freshmen or sophomores at this point in time. So right. um, it's just going to take a little bit of time, but they're they're trying to fast track it. They want to they want to play good teams and they want to and try to against good teams right out of the gate and boy this schedule is evident of that it must it might be without an fbs school on the schedule it's probably the toughest schedule in the country i would say yeah i absolutely agree it's uh definitely far and away the toughest schedule in the country especially considering that you're not playing in you know like the big sky in missouri valley to have this many ranked teams that you're playing as a transit especially as a transition school is unheard of um at least i haven't seen it and um, is that just kind of the way the, the games fell as a product of being an independent school? Because I know obviously you want to challenge yourself to an extent, but when you end up with an entire schedule, I mean, Sac State was on the verge of being in for a while even. I think you're, you only have, like, you know, Tarleton State, Stephen F. Austin, who might not be 
ranked teams and Stephen F. Austin has the potential to be ranked. Yeah. Is it just kind of is that just the way the cookie crumbled with games that are able to find? Did they schedule these games in advance and then yeah. they turned out to be good because some teams weren't good, you know, highly ranked and now you how that you know how that goes. Is that kind of how that evolved or is this all purposeful? Well, I think a little bit of both. I mean, this is this is a schedule that they did have some agreements in place. Uh, they actually didn't have a full WAC schedule. WAC's got six teams, and SUU will join the WAC next year, but they didn't even get included in the preseason voting because they're not playing a full WAC schedule because of prior right. agreements. So, um, you know, they've got you on the schedule. They'll, they'll play a money game against an FPS in-state game there. But this year, it's just the way it fell, and they knew going into it when they booked these games, they are going to be tough. But Coach Peterson was like, hey, let's get these games and let's play, and let's get fast-track this, like I said earlier, and see what we can do and see how we stack up and um you know and 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 you think at the time you kind of like that you like a coach that says but you start getting into the season and you're you know trying to find that first win i mean we were talking about my radio show in st george you know five wins would be awesome six coaches six wins coach be the damn coach of the year for heaven's sake so i mean it's one of those you know you've got this you've got tarleton and stephen f austin all at home you say you win all those. That's a three-win season right now because mm-hmm. you're going to be underdogs in every other game. So uh, we'll see. Right. We'll see how it plays out. Right now, they've they made some changes personnel-wise. You know, the first two was Cody Wilson, quarterback. Kenyon Oblad started that last game against UC Davis, and yeah, he threw for five interceptions, but he threw for four touchdowns. So, and not all of them they pinned on him. He got had some issues running this. Routes and you know one was a tip ball receiver who was trying to juggle and catch and, and ended up getting intercepted. So maybe three of them were his fault. The other two, the receivers had the mix up on that. Uh, Cody Wilson, sorry, he's a little kid. He, he did the same thing as Zach Wilson did, who's now with the Jets. He went down to Jack quarterback camp all summer long. Every weekend mm-hmm. when he was done with his football responsibilities with the team, he'd drive to Southern California and work on back. And he did that as soon as the last spring game ended all the way through the summer. And so he was really highly touted. He, w- But the first two weeks, he likes to take shots. He wasn't going to quit. There wasn't a lot of time to take shots. And uh, he was having trouble with some of the schemes and some of the reasons. They, they put Kenny Oblad in because he's a UNLV transfer just to see what he could do. And I think Kenny Oblad, they're going to give him another start. Now, Cody's still the backup. They, they've, they've got some other things for him. Package. It's one of those things where you've got you – know, you're one snap away from being right back in, in, in the game anyway. So, um, we'll see how – Kenyon does. I mean, I've watched some film of the Jackrabbits. This is a really good defense. Uh, you know, 99, 32, 12, they get after it. And so this is not going to be an easy to try to confidence up. I mean, we were talking yesterday on my show, can Dixie State score over 20 points in this game? I mean, that was kind of the, the, the line, the question. Like, if they could get over 20, I mean, the last two weeks have been pretty impressive. I mean, what they did to Colorado State was really, really impressive out there. So th- this is a team that's hungry. I mean, you guys are a top seed every year in the playoffs, but you haven't won national championship. This looks like with 10 returners on offense and defense, you guys have a great chance to make a run and maybe get some revenge on Sam Houston State. We'll have to wait and see. So tall order for Dixie State, no question, but they think they know that uh, they, they've got a chance to, to maybe score some more points than they did the first two weeks of the season where they struggled against Sac State and Weber State to put points on the board. Right, and uh, you know, when I watched the Sac State game and then saw the highlights from um, the last game you guys played, 
You you were way more balanced, it seemed, in the Sac State game than the previous, your last game was UC Davis, I believe. So is that just, is, is Dixie State trying to be more of a balanced team, or are you trying to sling the rock a little bit more all over the Well, I mean, Coach Bills is the offensive coordinator. I mean, Coach Peterson, of course, uh, was the offensive coordinator until this season, and, and he has turned that over to Coach Bills. He trusts him. Uh, they talk on the headset and say, yeah, go for it or whatever. But they, but it's 100% Coach Bill's calling the plays. And you got to remember, Coach Peterson played in college, uh, actually right there before Matt Ryan. I mean, uh, kind of go, go to Notre Dame uh, highlights from, I think it was the 97, 98 season. I mean, he could sling it. So he does like to throw the ball. He's a quarterback, and that's what he right. played usually at. But that said, they do like the run game. There just hasn't been any any really success. So they've tried to use some of the short passing routes as an extension of the run, the hitches and, and the quick swing passes and things like that, uh, to try to get uh, Drew Canelli robles and Quali Conley the ball in, in space. And you, you saw in the UC Davis game, they did that with Jay JP, Jalen Powell, I mean, he was able to get some, he led the team in receptions and targets, not a lot of yards, but at least they were trying to stay out in front of the team for two weeks, down in distance, killed Trailblazers, third and fourth down conversions were atrocious, I mean, the game, I think, 12 on third down, I'm looking at your guys' stats, you guys are 50% on the season, in third down, and that's where Dixie State wants to get to, Brennan. That's what they're aiming to do, and so, uh, you know, so they got a game plan, um, all the coaches have told me, you know, how, how good and sound this is, how well they look coached, assignment-wise, the schemes they do defensively, making it tough on the quarterback. Got a lot of veterans, classmen that have been in the weight room for years and years and years. So, cer- certainly, they would have to play a perfect game on, in all facets to, to have a chance to win it in the fourth quarter. But uh, that's what they're going to try to do. That's what we have to do every week. I mean, they're going to not show up. They're going to come. They're going to play. And, yeah, they're huge underdogs. But there's some exciting players on this team. That are really young. Tyrell Grayson at safety. Darius Nash. We've seen some NFL scouts around uh, watching Nash. In fact, the the secondary as a whole, I think, is probably one of the strengths of this Trailblazer team. But I'm watching the Yankee brothers, and I'm like, this is going to be a test. That's going to catch the football and great route runners from what I've seen. So, yeah, they'll, they'll test the balance to answer your question as much as they can. But because they've been behind, they've had to try to throw the ball a little bit more. And we're I, I don't know that it's scripted. Coach Bills has told me, hey, I don't script the plays. It's gut with what I see. I'm just trying to find something to work. If that's the pass, then we're going to go with it. If that's the run, then we're going to go with it. So they're not trying a 50-50 ratio. But they're, they are, you know, at the end of the day, most coaches in their mind kind of know how balanced they're calling plays as they go. Right on. Now, when, when Jack fans are showing up for the beef bowl tomorrow and all that, who would be the – Top weapons on the state that they should keep an eye on in or possibly be worried about getting loose tomorrow. Yeah, defensively, number six, Grace Nash. Uh, number 17, Tyrell Grayson, guys I just mentioned. Uh, D tackle Livingston, He's a transfer uh, from Colorado State, so he, he's the real big, big, strong. Uh, they've got they've got Milwaukee, Milwaukee. Interesting story on Milwaukee, Milwaukee. Captain. Abraham Reinhardt in 2019 passed away, a member of this team. So every year, a player chosen to wear number three. First, Milwaukee Milwaukee was a little bit nervous to wear, to share the honor of the award. He actually knew Abraham Reinhardt. They were friends. Um, but you know, he put on. So you, you'll like him. You'll see him flying around wearing number three 
uh, and exciting. Uh, Will Leotis come on last game or two? Uh, Trace Toupe, some guys that really stand out. Number 33 on the inside. Hendrickson is a local kid. Had an unbelievable 2019 season. Didn't do it in the spring. He's trying to get back on track in the fall. And I think he's got a, a sack and a couple TFLs this year. From his position. Offensively, yeah, it's Kenny Noblad. How good can he be? They're, you know, a little bit nicked up at the receiver. So, you know, uh, I expect Rick Johnson, Keith Davis uh, to be kind of the go Jalen Powell. Those three guys to be the, the main targets. Uh, Cade Veach, big time, six, seven, six, eight. Uh, he, he's a guy that they could try to get the ball to. And then using Quali Conley, Rackfield, um, and Drew Canelli Robles. Those are the two guys that will handle the, the ball carrying. But, um, you know, there might be some secret weapons, maybe some trickeration. <laughs> I mean, we'll, we'll, maybe somebody I'm not. Thinking. Those are the guys that have been getting a lot of touches so far this year. Gotcha. Right on. You know, that's a really cool deal that they're doing with Milwaukee, 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 three. Um, that's yeah. a really unique way to remember a player who's part of your program. That is, that's a really cool deal. Yeah, I mean, he wasn't feeling well and, and you know, went home for the day and, and ended up passing, I think, that night or the next day. And the wow. family is still huge supporters of Dixie State football. They love what they've done to keep his in honor him going. And, yeah, it, it is. I mean, I, I, we've seen a lot of tra- – I mean, it's a their cornerback shot this uh, last Saturday after the game. And Ty Jordan, mm-hmm. about a year ago. For the, so we've seen it in the state of Utah where, you know, kids, kids have had tragedy strike and it affects the team. I think it is a cool way to do it and keep keep his honor going and his name and his legacy. So I agree with you 100%. Milwaukee, Milwaukee's a humble guy, man. He's quiet. But, boy, when he gets out there, he's around like a missile. He reminds me a little bit of a – almost like an Earl Thomas – the playing linebacker wow. just flies around with reckless abandon. He's not the biggest linebacker, but plays with a lot of heart. Right on. Yeah, those are those type of people that really endear themselves here in South Dakota State with a long line of uh, strong middle linebackers that fly around like that out here. Um, and one thing I'm sure all of our uh, listeners and people watching on Facebook, things like that, I'm sure are curious about how did Dixie State. And Utah end up being Dixie State. I'm sure you get asked this question all the time. Everybody goes, Dixie State. Oh, yeah, Utah. That makes complete sense. Well, I, I'm not a historian. I'm a sports guy. I, I'm, I'm from Washington State originally, the Northwest. So when I moved, when, when I moved in 1999, you're absolutely right. It was the Dixie Junior College Rebels. And, you know, all I knew about it was my grandparents had lived in that in St. George. It was a retirement community and a lot of golf and close to Zionsville Park and Bryce Canyon and the Grand Canyon and I, Rebels. I'm like, well, maybe that's a party school. Maybe I'll go there. No, just, it was one of those things where I didn't know any of the history. It was just Dixie Junior College and the Rebels. Um, you fast forward, they, they, they uh, 06, 07 transitioned to D2. So they dropped the Rebels moniker and went to the Red Storm, kind of like St. John's Red Storm. And people didn't really latch on to it, didn't love it. Um, and then a couple years ago, they, they changed the Trailblazers. And Trailblazers, you know, I don't know if the Portland Trailblazers liked it or not. I don't think they had that permission. It's, it's, it's spelled differently, but, uh, well, capitalized differently. But anyway, it's one of those things that actually have stuck. But you're right. There's been a lot of controversy and I've talked to a lot of the coaches, and honestly, it's more politics. It's more at the 
uh, legislation and it's more of a, a president of the UFC and the council. It really, the coaches have no say in it whatsoever. You know, mm-hmm. they, they wear whatever you tell them to wear and they don't really have a dog in the fight. Um, but it's kind of divided. So you got a lot of the, the good old population that's like, no, no, no. And I remember when the fighting suit changed to the fighting Hawks. And I know that was pretty controversial. So it might be kind of oh, similar. Yeah. I wasn't I wasn't here in those days. I just read the headlines and, and, and saw that that was happening. Um, we have this proud game that you're proud of. And it is in the southern corner of Utah. We're closer to Vegas than we are Salt Lake. We're four and a half hours to Salt Lake. An hour and 30 minutes and you're in Las Vegas. So we're right on the Nevada and Arizona border in the high desert. So, um, but they, the early days, the pioneers grew cotton there and they, as long as I've been there, there's been a big Dixie rock and it's got Dixie on the, and it's just been Utah's Dixie. Um, but coat back to the coaches, a, a lot of the coaches would, you know, travel in the airports and road games and be like, Oh, where are you from in the South? You from Georgia? You're from Mississippi. I mean, People didn't know because they were just this little tiny two-year regional junior college. Now, they were a powerhouse college. I mean, back in the day, Corey Dillon went to Dixie, Rudy Johnson, um, you know, Sean Clark, who played in the NBA, Marcus Banks. I mean, the, the, um, uh, Lionel Hollins is in the state also basketball for, for the Rebels. So there's some big names that have come through that when they were junior college, they come there and then they would transfer on to go wherever they wanted to go and have a great career. Now that they're a four-year institution, ESPN ticker, your national brand, this is my opinion. I think the change was kind of inevitable and it was just a growth process, especially with all the racial injustice and all the topics that seem to be weighing heavily on our nation. Um, you know, a lot of people ask me what I think and I, I usually say, hey, if it's in recruiting, if it helps us get kids that maybe wouldn't come to Dixie because of the name, then I'm all that's not a factor, um, then okay, then tell me what is. And so I've, I've got that question a lot, and there's kind of a line drawn, and these people don't want the change, and these people like grow change, inevitable, let's roll with it and make it better. So it's pretty split in, in St. George, but there's my best impersonation of the uh, Trailblazer historian here on the podcast, buddy. That's all I got. <laughs> well, it's a lot better job than I could have done, that's for sure. <laughs> but um, with that, you know, that, that makes a lot of sense. That is a really fast transition, though, from to go from JUCO to, e, to D2 to FCS from 2006 until now. That is, that's really a pretty quick turnaround to go from that level to now. Yeah, it, there's no question. But uh, when the WAC came along and, and – an official invite that they, they looked at it and they said look at our town our town has went from you know 10 15 years ago less than 100,000 people to now the Washington County and all the surrounding areas in a quarter million I mean it's about every other year that the fat St. George is the fastest growing city in the United States it's like there's a lot Whoa. of people that want to move there for the weather for the hiking, for the national parks, for the golf courses, you name it. It is it is a really desirable place to work. And we see trucks of people through this pandemic. People are like, I'm out of California. I'm sick of this. High taxes and I wear a mask everywhere. And you come to Utah and our, our schools, you know, our schools missed the one spring season in 2019. And that was it as far as the high school and elementary schools. So it, people want to be in Utah. Um, and it's a beautiful town. If you ever get a chance to survive, there's a lot to do. I mean, we just had the Ironman World Championships in St. George. 
St. George Marathon is tomorrow, same day as the game. Normally, I'd be sitting in the pace car doing updates, but I'm out here football instead. I'd rather be. Um, wow. But there's a lot of there's a lot of cool things to see and do in St. George City is definitely growing and the university is growing with it. Well, that's awesome. You know, when you brought up that it was that close to Vegas and it's still in Utah, I'm sitting here thinking, that sounds like a cool place. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I go take my kids down. We'll go down and, um, where we go? We went and saw Iration a couple weeks ago. My kids think of the disco, but you just go down, you stay the night and you go home. So you get that Vegas feel and you can see about anybody you want to see and go catch a comedy show. You can go to, I mean, I, I was just at a Legionnaire stadium a couple weeks ago. That place is amazing. And I, Tuesday wow. night I was at the, at the Vegas golden Knights game. I mean, it was a preseason game and that place was rocking. I mean, wow. there's this, it's, you, you do have everything that the Vegas offers going out north. So, uh, St. George is definitely on the map. It's not a little hidden secret anymore. It's a, it's a vibrant growing community. So uh, that's why I've never left. I've had a couple chances to leave and do some other things. I've just, I've, I've been there for 22 years, um, in, in, in doing sports talk radio. So, uh, right. it, I've loved it. My family's loved it. Um, and now, now these, uh, hopefully can embrace the changes because it looks like that's going to happen. They're going to be UTT, Utah, uh, Tech University Trailblazers UTT moniker. Um, it's abbreviated, obviously, but there's been a lot of people that have said, "Well, you're fast tracking that. You're fast tracking to D1. You're fast tracking the change." But is there ever any good time to make a change? The people that don't want the change, no matter if it's one year or ten years, they're still not going to be happy with it. So, um, it's definitely been a hot topic down in our neck of the woods. But I, I kind of. Say my piece, give my opinion, and move on. I mean, it's what it is. I have control over it. And a lot of the people that are, you know, coaching the kids and playing at the university don't either. So, I mean, I'm sure they had a vote once upon a time on what they thought the nickname should be or whatever, but that was about it. Yeah, those, uh, yeah, those uh, being up here, uh, and like you said with uh, UND, when they had to change their nickname, that was, I mean, there's still people who, my backyard neighbors here in my last days in Fargo, my backyard neighbors are fans. And they won't call them the fighting hawks. They'll still call them the Sioux because that's what they were. It's like, all right, okay, fine, you do you. So I can't imagine what people are like about the university's entire name. But like you said, you, you become a Division One, you get more spotlight, you get more notoriety. Sometimes these things just happen and they're out of your control. Let's be honest, whether it's North Dakota or St. George, you know, and Dixie State, the, the community needs the university. And the university needs the community. I mean, it's got to be a, a, a win-win. You need the seat, you need fan support, you need corporate partners, and then you need good enrollment and, and students that want to go out and, and work at the restaurants and, and things like that. And, and, and so it's it's a give and a take and a win and a win. But yeah, any change is hard and controversial. But uh, you know, it's it's settled. Now I'm not hearing near as much about it as I, I first did. There's there's some you know key coalition still fighting the fight, and I give them credit. Good for them. They're passionate about the name, and you know they went there and, and whatever their reasons are, their reasons are, and I give them credit for that. But at the same time, I see the future and I see the changes in the middle. And if it helps us be a national brand and we're in the spotlight and we're recruiting kids from the country, then I see that as a positive as well. So that's my two cents on, on the name change and, and the future. And it is. Enrollment's creeping up. Um, 
Uh, you know, I haven't seen the fall enrollment numbers, uh, but I think we're pushing, you know, 12, 13, 14,000. I'm not sure what it is at South Dakota State. Probably pretty similar, I guess. But, um, you know, they, they, they want to get that up to, you know, 15 and then to 20,000 next, you know, 5, 10, 15 years. And, and I think with mm-hmm. the growth in the community, there's a good shot that they can. Yeah, no, I understand how uh, that makes a lot of sense for, for all of what you said there. Uh, shifting gears a little bit, you were here in 2019 with Southern Utah. So how did, how yeah. did that work? Did you did you originally work for Southern Utah and then went, came to came to Dixie State from there then? Or were you, did they hire you out to cover for them for a little bit and then come back? That's a great question. No, I, I've been doing radio in St. George, Utah, 97.7 ESPN, the Devin Dixon Show, for, for a long time. But there was a four-year stint where Dixie State had taken their uh, play-by-play broadcast in-house. So when that happened, SU reached out to me and said, hey, do you want to come do our games? And I said, sure. So, uh, but then with them kidding and everything and Dixie State going to the WAC, they reached out. We got a broadcast agreement with our company again to do the games. And uh, that put, I've actually had, I started as a student at Dixie State. I remember 2001, my basketball coach now, his name is John Judkins. Well, he was at Snow College back then, beat Snow, and we went to Hutch and won the whole junior college national championship. And he has, so, I, and then I had an, a Dixie press to you. Now I'm back. So this is actually my off and on my third stint with, with and I love it. I love St. George. I got four kids and my wife teaches at one of the high schools and my oldest is a junior, my youngest is in fifth grade. And we, we love it. And of course I love talking sports. And I have a lot of people tell me, You got the greatest in the world and I, I really do. It's a lot of fun. It's a great place to be. Yeah, I'm not on uh, I'm not on you know Monday night football and I'm not I'm not traveling all over the country to either, and and this is a fun place to live and work and sports. It's it's a passionate fan base that's it's going to get bigger and bigger and bigger as the community keeps growing. So it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. Well, it sure looks like they've got all the facilities and everything they need for that they've made. And you know, now that we're talking about Utah as well, do you see that developing into a good rivalry between the two schools? Well, you know about a good rivalry with uh, South Dakota and South Dakota State. Uh, we're yeah. hoping it gets to that point. Yeah, I mean, they're talking about bringing back the acts that they used to have, making a trophy game. They're talking about doing all the sports and doing a duel for the season with who wins across all the sports. Um, you know, 45 minutes away from, from campus of SU to Dixie State's campus. So it's really, really close. Um, they were supposed to play the first Division One football game last fall obviously the season got canceled they didn't play in the season on the season this year so we'll have to wait till next year uh when they join the whack but it's it's gonna happen i've got nicknames for two years of the few I mean, feud on 15 red rock rumble we've been coming up all these names all this rivalry from radio purposes and and yeah i mean it's it's obviously byu has the biggest rivalry in the state and so or jazz lakers or you know Versus USC. I mean, you could pick whatever you think the biggest rivalry is, but for people in Southern Utah, I think it'll be uh, a big deal. I really do, and I, I think they'll be, um, you know, any, anytime you have a rivalry, you have to have some parity. You can't, you can't just dominate it, or the rivalry loses its appeal. You got, you got to have some battles, and so it's going to take, you know, a good five, six years, and maybe one team's got four wins, the other's got two or three and three. And then I think you'll really see the rivalry start to grow and escalate. But right gate, that first game when they play, whether it's there or in St. George or Cedar, it doesn't matter. It's going to be a new record crowd. No question in my mind. 
10, yeah. back to your facilities point, you're right. Um, actually calling the home Dixie games, they built a nice little tent with scaffolding and everything because they're getting all new loads, boxes, suites, and they're redoing the media center. So this whole season, wow. uh, the press and PA announcer, radio, everybody, TV is actually outside covered at the top of the stadium while they renovate the the, the, the imposing grandstands. They got the new video board. It's not as good as your Dactronics video board. I've seen it. <laughs> it's unbelievable. It's a nice video board. And then once they get the 96 new bathrooms and stuff, the facility at, at, at uh, Greater Zion Stadium is going to be phenomenal once it's all said and done for the start of the 2022 season. Well, the way's off when you have the electronics in your backyard. So that's <laughs> You think <laughs> they would, they would give town. you the top of the line? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You yeah. probably negotiated that. You made that happen, right? Oh, yeah, that was me for sure. They uh, came to me <laughs> when I <laughs> said, hey, get this done. Uh, no, um, you know, talking about it when you were talking about um, creating a rivalry sort of between Dixie and Southern Utah, Jackrabbit fans have had it firsthand. Um, South Dakota State, North Dakota State, the Dakota Marker game. Um, that was considered something of a forced rivalry. We played for 100 plus years, but when we both jumped from Division Two to FCS, they created the Dakota Marker Trophy um, between the two schools, and that was kind of made fun of by the university schools, as we call them, the USD and UND. And now, I think every Jackrabbit fan would tell you certainly for football and the multitude of other sports, North Dakota State is the main rival over USD because it's become such, such a competitive rivalry and that game matters so much every year. So I think that'll end up being really successful, you guys, doing that. Yeah, and you've got that market. You guys got them in the spring, right? So you guys are holding on to that. Jackrabbits own it. Is it the, you guys always play that the last game of the season? Is it always the last game, or is it just wherever it falls? It, it depends on the, the conference, conference schedule. It's usually been the last game of the year or close to. Um, that's something that we are a little bit upset with the MBFC list because they added adding the University of North Dakota to the mix and how uneven the schedule is now and everything's kind of out of whack and it should be the last game this season by most of our opinion yeah yeah well it, it, it'll be interesting to see where they place it he plays it next fall but I have no idea if it'll be early or late or last I don't I don't know it doesn't matter once they play the game I mean BYU Utah or or two-year hiatus after this game this year and BYU can beat them. And a lot of people are like, really? Why? Why? The fans want that game every year and mm-hmm. um, it's not going to happen unless unless they change their minds. So, um, yeah, you, rivalries are healthy, man. Everybody loves a good rivalry. I mean, the, the, you, get, you get, you know, get a lot of the alumni back in town. You get packed in place and I, 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 I hope that continues to be one of the bigger ones in the U.S. I thought about it. Um, you know, we'll see. We'll see who gets it this year. You guys are looking really good. Well, well, we get them at home this year, so hopefully that works out for us. But uh, yeah, no. Uh, thank you so much, though, Devin. We're running up on a half hour here. I know you got a evening radio show to do. So thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. Hopefully you enjoy Brookings. Well, I, I know you guys are super Hopefully you get a little bit of time to enjoy Brookings as well and. Thank you so much for your time, sir. Yeah, man. Looking forward to the game. And 
I'll, I'll look for you uh, at the Beef Bowl tomorrow. Um, rumor has it you're bidding on, uh, you know, one of those steers. So, you know, <laughs> donate, donate. Get your wallet out, buddy. And good luck to move. And thanks for having me on. Uh, anytime you guys want to talk some Dixie State football, you let me know. I'm your guy. All right. Sounds All right, good. Sounds Thank you very good. much, sir. <laughs> See ya.